0: Today on the podcast, we have Rob Baker. And if you're into invention and manufacturing, Rob's got a really great story to tell where he left the corporate world to pursue something that he was personally trying to solve for himself that he then turned into a business. Listen in and we hope you enjoy. Rob Baker. Yes, sir. Old neighbor in my hood. (laughs) One of the first really obsessed mid-century enthusiasts I ever met. Guy that turns homes into homes that make mid-century dreams come true. A marketing guy who used to wear a suit and work for corporate, but grew his beard as a way to stick it to the man.
1: (laughs) So true.
0: (laughs) Uh, Eventually turned entrepreneur, became his own boss. Someone who built a really cool company who loves Portland and Idaho Falls. The guy that used to take drives creeping on all the cool mid-century homes in Boise probably still does, but at one point with his daughter who was taking naps in the car. Someone who loves tacos, Mexico, and the beach. A very smart person who's extremely opinionated and pretty savvy about business. And last but not least, an aspiring risk taker. Is that about you? I
1: think that pretty much
0: summed <laughs> it up. That was pretty impressive. Uh, how long have we known each other now? Seven, yeah. eight
1: years, something like that.
0: Yeah, and and we've seen different versions of each other along the way, haven't we?
1: <laughs> beard, no yeah, beard. I know. Now it's kind of in between.
0: Kids growing up, our yes. business is taking off. Yep. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty good summary of it. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, I'm glad you're on the podcast. Uh, really excited to talk to business owners in the Boise area and you're definitely one of the first ones I thought of. Um, I've got a basically you know rapid fire list of questions that All I'm right. hoping you can help answer for us and got again my, my hope in this is that you know it's your turn to be interviewed today, but I know other business owners and myself will be listening to this again. And be inspired and encouraged at some level. Um, and then, you know, hopefully in turn we can do that for you next time around. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here and cool. Let's do
1: it. Awesome. Well, I said who you were, but who do <laughs> your friends say that you are? Oh dear. Who do my what do my friends say about me? I hope they would say I'm passionate, I'm driven, and a little quirky. Yeah. So I think that that pretty much sums it up.
0: All the things that <laughs> your wife was attracted to. Yeah, I Apparently so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how'd you end up in Boise and how long have you been here?
1: Yeah. So I moved to Boise in 1999 to go to Boise State University. And the funny story is I grew up in Idaho Falls, um, kind of a smaller town, and I always wanted to go to Arizona State ever since I was a young child I just that I had my heart set on going to Arizona State and for years and years and years uh, building up to you know junior high high school etc, I was going to Arizona State I had applied I was in and um, the phone rang one Saturday while I was in high school and it was Arizona State asking if I was planning on attending uh, the upcoming, Uh, like freshman orientation or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll be there. I can't wait. And hang up the phone. And uh, my parents uh, sat me down and basically had to tell me, hey, we know your your heart's set on going to Arizona State, but we really think it would be wise if you at least tried going in-state your first year just to see if it, if it's a good fit mm-hmm. uh, from a cost of out-of-state tuition and so right. forth. And so I know that that sounds um, a little bit silly, but at that point I was just crushed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't get to go to Arizona State. But within five minutes I thought, okay, well, it's pretty close to the end of the school year. I really haven't done any other research. I hadn't even been to Boise before, but I knew I wanted to go to a bigger city. Mm -hmm. And so I thought Boise state, that's, that's like the best thing that I could do. Right. If it's not going to be Arizona state. So, uh, applied for Boise state, got in and, uh, I am so grateful that that happened yeah. because I absolutely love Boise. Yeah, I've had such great friendships and great experiences here, and it's weird how fate can work sometimes. Right. So yeah, yeah, I've been here now for since 1999. Kay. So what is that? 22 yeah. years ish. Yeah, something like that. That's yeah. what I have in Idaho.
0: Awesome. But only half of it in Boise. Okay. Yeah. And 75% of that knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that.
1: How long have you owned your business now? I started the business in 2015. Okay. And the funny thing, and it's it's interesting too, because you actually met me right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I think that's when you were actually looking at the house next door to purchase. And to make a long story short, the, the company, uh, Modern Mailbox, it really wasn't created to become a business. It was really something that I was trying to do for myself. Um, at the time, I was living in a really neat 1953 mid-century modern here in Boise. And I was really trying to create this 50s time capsule um the correct period correct furniture and art etc and the one piece that was missing that i walked by every single day was my mailbox it was a wall mounted mailbox by the front door and it drove me crazy <laughs> cuz it did not meet my standard nor the unique characteristics of the house right. and i like things to look a certain way i'm a, a little unusual <laughs> but it was the one missing piece yeah and so the company was actually created from me trying to design something for myself i think it was the day i got the prototype back from the powder coat shop i think that's when it kind of started stirring in my mind right. of i wonder if other people might be interested in in purchasing this yeah and that's kind of when it started was right. when I got the prototype back. Not when I actually designed the thing, but when I got the prototype. Mm. So yeah, kind of funny how it worked. Totally.
0: In the story of your business, if it was documented in a book, what chapter of your business are you currently in and what is that chapter called?
1: Good question. Oh, man. I am... I'm in a really interesting state right now with the company. It's still hard for me to believe where it's at, yeah. how much it's grown. Well, and, and give us a little background on that. Like, yeah, give us like if you can,
0: if you have like first, second, third year numbers uh-huh. or, or anything that would sure. be like
1: monumental mile, mile markers. How how could I phrase this? Our first year. And this kind of comes back to our original conversation. Um, When when you came over and introduced yourself and and so forth and I had shared with you a little bit about the mailbox company that I was starting, you had asked me at the time, how many do you think you'll sell? And I think the number 100 seemed unattainable (laughs) to me at the time. And now we're like, thousands per year versus my original idea of, man, if I sold a hundred, I would be on the moon. Right. And now it's like, we're, we're doing hundreds a month at this point. And and give me a little bit
0: for everybody that's listening that doesn't know your product. And like, this is, you have multiple versions of mailboxes correct?
1: and what are their price points? Yeah. So um, the company's Modern Mailbox, we design and fabricate handmade in the USA. Uh, modern Mailbox is inspired by mid-century modern design. So we're really going after the modern contemporary enthusiasts, somebody that is looking to kind of spruce up their home with some modern curb appeal. Um, but based on the fact that they are handcrafted here in the United States, here, here in Boise, um, the price range were, I think, our, our base model's at $150, and then uh, we have a couple wall mount versions, and then our post-mounted version, I think, different features and so forth. It's as high as, I think, four, $450. Okay. So sev- several different variations yep. and colors and options and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And you're
0: selling how many in a
1: calendar year at this point? Oh, geez. Um,
0: Roughly 2,000 a year at this point. Yeah, a little bit more than 100. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And do you remember your first year number? How many you ended up selling? No. Maybe because it was like, why track it? It wasn't going to turn into a thing.
1: Yeah. And honestly, my, I think, I think if I, if I look back, maybe. $10,000, $15,000 ten fifteen thousand dollars in sales our first year okay. our first year though I mean I started in halfway in the year mm-hmm. so maybe June July ish is when yep. we actually started and had the prototype and started make you know going mm-hmm. into production and so forth so the first six months first year yeah ten to fifteen thousand I was pumped though right cool think things have changed quite a bit yeah
0: did you give <laughs> me the chapter name? Oh, man. the chapter what name. chapter are you
1: currently in? Contemplation <laughs> <laughs> i'm I'm in a a weird state right now where, like i said i'm I'm still kind of pinching myself um because it has just grown so much. Yeah. And a lot has happened over the past six years and there have been a lot of, um, obstacles. Uh, there have been times where I've wanted to throw in the towel and I'm thankful and grateful for just trying to maintain a positive attitude Mm -hmm. and trying to take some of those obstacles and turn it into a positive and see the opportunity in it. Right. Um, but yeah,
0: one of the biggest changes for you within the last couple of years is you actually quit your corporate gig.
1: Yes, and then yes. this
0: thing now takes care of your time and money. Yes, full, full
1: time. This is what you do. Yep, and i i was in a I was in a unique position where I had a, a really good corporate job. I, I guess if 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 you would looked at it from the outside, yep. I mean a nice uh, salary and uh, benefits and car allowance and travel and all that fun stuff. But part of me was not happy because I feel like I have this entrepreneurial spirit where I need to have that freedom. I need to be able to create. I need to be out on my own. And for me personally, being in the corporate environment, I really wasn't able to really have that freedom to mm-hmm. be able to kind of break free and and do my own thing. So I would really be trying to find that balance where I'm working for corporate america, I'm traveling, sometimes I'm in a hotel room and I'm processing orders for my side hustle
0: mm-hmm.
1: while trying to maintain relationships with my family. <laughs> so as your old, daughter's growing older yes, and older. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of things going on. Um but I'm I'm also grateful that it worked that way because from an investment standpoint, this is probably the only time I will ever use the word conservative yeah. and myself in the same sentence. But it's scary for me to take some of those risks. Right. Especially when you have a family, you're, you know, yep. you have a child that you're supporting and, mm-hmm. and so forth. So I I was trying to juggle the two for 5 years mm-hmm. or so. And even though the business had grown substantially from when I had originally started it, I still kind of had that fear of the unknown of taking that leap and and getting the toes wet and so forth. Right. Um, But I am so grateful that I finally had the courage to just go for it. Totally. So, yeah. What did it, what was like
0: the thing that it took in order for you to make that transition? Was there a thing Mm. or two or a few that like it had to be able to get to? or do something before you were willing to make that plunge and take the risk.
1: I'm 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 thinking back, and it it sounds well, maybe not to everybody, but for some, I was at a point where I think the the mailbox business was. Generating 30 plus grand a month while I was still at the corporate Mm -hmm. gig. And even though that was way more money than I needed, I was still scared. scared. (laughs) I was still scared because part of me thought, what if it doesn't continue? Yeah. What if the economy crashes? You know, what if, what if, what if? And I I kind of laugh at that now because I hate what if, <laughs> I hate that mindset. But really, that's what was holding yeah. me back was me being my own worst enemy and just what ifing too much. Right. Um, but really, it, it came down to what makes me happy. What do I want to do for the rest of my life? Yeah. And. I knew I wasn't going to be happy unless I was out there on my own yep. doing my thing. And this was also kind of interesting because I honestly think COVID had a lot to do with it. Because mm-hmm. right when that started occurring, the corporate gig started just becoming so much more unappealing to me. Yeah, the thought of having to travel during COVID, or even going and meeting with clients face to face. I mean, we didn't have a ton of information at that point with COVID. It was pretty scary, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, geez, you know, do I even need to do this anymore? Right.
0: Plus the demands of your daughter being at home more than Absolutely. she'd ever been. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, homeschooling. Right. <laughs> I I have so much. I. Totally new respect for, you know, homeschooling and, and teachers and all that. Yeah. I It was unbelievable to, to witness it firsthand mm-hmm. how much work yep. it is. So just for one, just for one, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so grateful though. She, my daughter adapted so quickly yeah. and had such a good attitude. And if I were her, there's no way I would have had right. that, 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 yeah mindset. I would have been a pain to deal with. So totally. I applaud my daughter for yeah, <laughs> for cool. being so uh yeah. so good. So we kind of went back a little
0: bit into previous chapters, but the current chapter you're on is contemplation. Yes. And what are you trying to solve for right now? Like what are the things that are that are most <laughs> challenging
1: for you at the moment? Really, it's the I it's the direction that I want to go moving forward. I've had some huge changes over the past year. We completely changed our production. We have modified some of our models. Our entire process has changed. And it's coming out to be so much better. Okay. So, some of those obstacles that came up a year ago where I could have easily thrown the towel and given up. Yeah. It has made us so much stronger. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're producing a much better product at this point. Our uh, manufacturing process is better. Distribution, just every little piece of aspect kind of allowed me to take a step back and look at every little piece of the process right. to see how can we optimize this? How can we make it better? Mm-hmm. And the end result, I'm in a much better place. Yeah, I have better relationships. I'm happier. Um, I'm working with an amazing team. So it's when, great. You, when
0: you say team like contractors outside support, yes. right? Yeah.
1: So I <clears throat> have been fortunate to work with a, a few different local fabricators in town and I have learned so much through dealing with all of them. Yep just the knowledge and the relationships that I've been able to acquire over the years has, has been priceless to me. Yeah. And it's really helped when we kind of go back to that whole contemplation thing. My original idea when, when the business first started taking off was big, 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 big. I need to find the biggest fabrication company. I need to find the biggest channels I need the most, uh, the largest online presence. You know, I've, my my ultimate goal was just, I wanted it all. Yeah. Although that might work for some people, I've learned that bigger isn't always better. Mm-hmm. And being able to kind of take a step back and deal with maybe some of the smaller contractors in town. It's been amazing. That's cool. It has been amazing. Yeah. So instead of essentially being a, a spoke in the wheel, now being able to truly see how you can positively impact somebody else's local business. Totally. That's so rewarding to me. Yeah. Whether it's a metal fabricator, uh, powder coating yeah. business, packaging supplies, whatever, yeah. For me, one of the biggest intrinsic rewards is is not only growing my business, but helping other local businesses grow as well. Yep. And that has been so amazing to be able to kind of keep as much of it local as I possibly can. And um I don't know, it's awesome. Yeah. It's so fun to be able to just watch right. these other businesses grow with you. Yep. You know? Totally. So
0: yeah. Have you spent any time thinking about five years from now? A little bit. It's so, a long ways away. It is, <laughs> but it doesn't it happen sooner than you it, expect. It does. <laughs> so so the next chapter of your company, you're past the contemplation phase. You figured it. What's the next chapter?
1: My ultimate goal is I would love to spend a lot more time traveling other countries to expand the brand okay because right now we're pretty much domestic united states we do a lot in canada as well but the idea of being in japan yeah. even though we saw a lot to japan but like actually having an established right. brand in japan yeah. for people that are looking for the products we offer obviously we're mm-hmm. not Cola or anything like that Yeah, but japan and australia and uh you know Other parts of, you know, certain parts Mm -hmm. of Europe, it's just, it's realistic at this point. And I think something, something like that, where I'm actually able to travel to other markets Mm -hmm. and really just start kind of building partnerships that I never thought would be possible, I definitely think are possible now.
0: So you left corporate to get rid of travel, but now you're expanding so that you can get travel back.
1: Yes. Well, and the funny thing is when I was in corporate America, I did travel a lot, but it was never anywhere yeah, exotic. Totally. You know? And so it's fun now to be able to travel to yep. places that I want to go yeah, to. For sure. And uh yeah, it's it's a different, it's different now, yeah. you know. Yeah. we enjoyable. For sure. <laughs> What's your biggest mistake that you've made so far? Ooh. Not protecting myself. And I'll be a little bit okay. more uh, specific on that. I'll and this is a piece of advice for any anybody wanting to create a, a new business whether it's a product or a service or anything like that. When I first started, I did create copyrights for all of my products. But something as small as not getting copies of the drawings that I had paid for mm-hmm. in order to have my files created—something as simple as that—I yeah. felt like in the past I would be in a position where I didn't, I didn't have any leverage. I'd be dealing with a fabricator, and felt as though I was pinned against the wall. They because they had the drawings. They had the files. Yeah. They had the drawings. Even though I paid for them, right. they were mine, mm-hmm. I didn't have access to them. Yep. And it put me in a position where if they decided they wanted to increase the cost of production,
0: I didn't yeah, have no anywhere choice. to go yeah.
1: unless I wanted to start from scratch. Right. And so I would say for me over the past you know five, six years that I've been doing this, if I could go back in time, that's one of the things that I would have done right off the bat is if I'm paying for something to be created, I should have received the files right the then and it. there. Yeah. And again, anybody that's in a similar situation, just cover your bases, make sure that you are getting what you're paying for. Yeah. And I, I have it now, Right. Um, but it was a process to get those files, even though I had paid for them. Yeah.
0: What is your biggest win so far? Oh, that's a a tough one. Like, like you get multiple home runs all the time.
1: Well, <laughs> what 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 one person might view as a win, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit different. You're quirky. We know this. Yeah, <laughs> my biggest win was. An email that I received about a year ago. It was a customer that had recently acquired a Marcel Breuer home in Maine. Okay. And they had purchased our mailbox to be installed yeah. on a Marcel Breuer home. That's cool. That, to me, was it. Yeah. I, I don't know I, what I can't believe I that. made
0: something. Exactly. It showed up on... That
1: cool of a yeah. home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that they wanted you.
1: Yes. <laughs> and it was such an honor to have a I don't want to say a piece of me. Yeah. But something that I created that, you know, being so into mid-century modern architecture yeah. and just idolizing these designers and homes and architects and and so forth for decades to be able to have something that I created to be a part of that was so special and you know I look at some of the partnerships that have been created over the years I'm grateful for all of it but when I'm able to connect to a homeowner that gets it right. that gets why that gets my passion, the details that I spent in the design, that is, I would take that over. That's cool. Yeah. International contract,
0: Yeah, you know? It's a big
1: win. Absolutely. P- personally rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep.
0: Was this your first business?
1: No. Okay. Do tell. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory as well. That kind of helps describe me a little bit better. When I grew up, my parents, my mom worked for corporate America. My dad was self-employed. And every night at the dinner table, it was eye-opening to me. And, and, and my situation isn't going to be the same for everybody, but for from what I experienced, I saw two outlooks on life somebody that wasn't happy with what they were doing and wasn't living their full potential and then somebody else that planned their day that decided their own destiny that was out there kind of doing their own thing from a child i've always wanted to be an entrepreneur That it was an interesting experience to grow up and kind of see both of that. So um my goal, I just threw it out there when I was in college was I want to be self-employed by the age of I think it was I think it was 26. I don't know why it just <laughs> I think it was I graduate college. I'll be out in the, the corporate world to get some real life experience. A right. few years, give, give give me a little bit under my belt. And then I should be able to kind of break free and do my own thing. And so I kind of took a similar approach. I was working uh, the corporate gig and started getting into real estate investment, flipping houses. My specialty at the time was mid-century moderns, Mm -hmm. or at least mid-century homes here in Boise. So I started buying these homes while I was still working my eight to five. Yeah. And so literally I would get off work and I would be at the house until midnight or one or two in the morning. And I did that for a couple of years, you know, keep it both. Same thing, kind of afraid to, to break free and do my own thing. I got to the point where I was doing well. I felt comfortable leaving and venturing off and doing my own thing and then in the in the back of my mind I'm thinking I'm about to turn 26. <laughs> I have to do this. I have to hit my goal. And so that yes was part of the motivation was I really wanted to like achieve my goal that I made for myself. Right. And I did it. I ventured off, started doing the the house flipping full time and I did that for several years. And then the real estate market crashed. Mm-hmm. I was so determined to make it work. I wasn't listening to anybody. Yeah, I wasn't listening to any of my contractors. Mm. I wasn't listening to my lender. I wasn't listening to anybody. I was too proud and did not want any negative vibes coming my way. And then I started feeling it. Then I started noticing that the homes that I had listed instead of, you know, selling within one or two right. months would be sitting on the market for six or seven months. Jeez. And the, the, the struggle would be, I would be getting multiple contracts. <laughs> it was, it was difficult to get people financed at the time. Mm. And so I finally came to the realization of reality of this isn't going the direction yeah. I want it to go. I didn't have any other source of income, which was another thing that I'd point out. I I always encourage if you can have multiple streams of income, right. do it. Yeah. But at the time I didn't. I didn't have enough experience to know that. Mm-hmm. I was in escrow on my last investment property and... I walk into the title company realizing this is it. The last one. This yeah. is the last one. Yeah. I left the title company and went straight to a job interview. Yeah. And the feeling of failure weighed on me yeah. for years and years and years because I I felt at the time like I had failed. Yeah. And it took me until I'm 41 now. It probably took me until I was 40 years old to realize I didn't fail. Right. I learned a huge lesson that got me to where I am today. And I think there are so many things out there where people are afraid to try. They're afraid to fail. And you can, I mean, I'm not encouraging people to <laughs> to be risky and, and crazy and stuff, but if, like I said, if I would not have been through that experience and failed, if you will, with my finger quotes, I would not have learned the, the lifelong lessons that have stuck with me to this point in my life. And I am so grateful for failing. Yeah. Because I learned so much. Cool. Now I, now I, now I can see it as a positive. Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Hindsight. for a very long time, <laughs> I just felt like, you know, the right. opposite. I felt yeah. like I had failed and so right. forth. But, you know, yeah. life, life throws some curveballs at you. and totally. it's, How are you going to handle the situation? You yeah. know, so.
0: Will this be your last business? No.
1: I, my, my wife jokes with me all the time um, because we we talk about retirement and so forth. I love creating things. And for me, happiness, I mean, lots of things make me happy, but me being able to be creative and starting businesses or even, meeting up with a friend and chatting about business i find so entertaining Mm -hmm. and so i can see myself retired at some point but i'm always going to be into something Mm -hmm. i I, the thought of not being involved in some sort of a business makes me sad (laughs) 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 We're, we're a unique breed yeah you know
0: for sure do you have the next business in mind and I don't need you to tell me details. I'm just curious if you're tinkering on it at the moment or if it's something you're still looking
1: for. I do. And it's something that is going to be more of a long-term investment, if okay. you will. Yeah. It's in the works. I'm going to keep you in suspense. Sure. But yeah, I I yeah. Cool. I'm always yeah. thinking of of things. I I I literally should have a notepad. I mean, I yeah, I could grab my smartphone and type in notes and so yeah. forth. But I constantly am thinking of things that I want to do. Sometimes sometimes they're horrible ideas, and sometimes they actually pan into right. stuff. But yeah, I just I encourage anybody out right. there that is into. Creativity and so forth to, you know, go for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Write those ideas down. Totally.
0: This has been fun. I have one final question. Yes. I already know the answer (laughs) and you do too. And so does all of the listening audience. But I want you to answer it. Okay. Are you happy?
1: Absolutely. Earlier today, I was assembling some mailboxes. And I'm downstairs. I, I, by the way, like, this is something that I do, like, partly out of my home, which is kind of insane.
0: <laughs> but anyway,
1: I'm in my basement. I have my headphones on listening to random music. And I think it might have been, like, an old, like, Michael Jackson, like, one of his old classic songs comes on. And I'm sitting there in my basement with my rivet gun. Dancing, <laughs> that is happiness.
0: <laughs> we'll have to put some sort of you know animation there illustration <laughs> together of Rob Baker from Modern Mailbox there you listening go. to Michael Jackson dancing in his basement, assembling mailboxes. Yes, beautiful way to end the episode. Thank there you, you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, this is a joy. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. For being our very first person to interview. I don't know how we could have started it better. Well, thank
1: you. I'm glad <laughs> glad to be part of it. Had fun. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Hey, thanks for joining us today and listening in. We're really glad that you did. We're always open to having more guests on the podcast, and so long as they live here in Boise and are actively involved in building business here, no matter where that business might be located, we're actually very interested in learning more from them and potentially sharing their story through this podcast. Feel free to send us a recommendation for a future guest or simply connect with us on Instagram at Boise Business Builders. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we would greatly appreciate a review. Thanks again.